Hello, everyone, and welcome to Books Over Bevies. Come on in. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Roisin. Or evening. Or evening. Or morning. Who knows when you're listening? This is very true. Why it's did evening I... for us. This is, this is clearly <laughs> evening for us. There's a part of me that just... Is... I don't know why. My brain was like, as soon as we post this, everyone will listen to it right away. We're not. <laughs> we don't have that power. Uh, for those of you who are new, my name is Roisin. My name is Eddie. I use she, her pronouns. And I use they, them pronouns. Welcome to Books Over Bevies. Um, today, please, Eddie, introduce our bevy since you are the... Woo! Kind person <laughs> to bring it to us today. Um, so my mom has a bed and breakfast. Shout out to Miska Haven out in yes. DC, um, in Enderby or in like the middle of the Okanagan. Maybe it's not the middle, but there's a lot of really great wineries and stuff because we all know the Okanagan produces some amazing beverages. Um, yes. So this one that we're featuring today is from Waterside Vineyard and Winery. We tagged them on Instagram, so you can check us check them out. But we're drinking like a, a dessert wine, and it, it's a raspberry dessert wine. It tastes like raspberry juice. It's very good. It's very <laughs> dangerous. It's like an after dinner like sip while you're like eating totally. vanilla ice cream situation. Totally, it's, or just pour it on the vanilla. Ice oh cream. my, it's that's a genius. It's a great idea. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really delicious and quite. At quite dangerous, as Ro mentioned. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I think it, like as we've said before, it's important to like shout out local places. Yes. Um, and since I just came from BC because I was visiting my mom, I thought I'd bring back some BC yeah. grapes. Since we're gonna shout out local places, I'm gonna shout out a local thing, which is if you like folk music. Yes. Check out, now I'm going to forget. Oh, my phone's all the way over there. It's like Nickelodeon in Calgary. It's called Nickelodeon. It's a folk, I, why? Uh, 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 that, you're right. You do not know how to get into my phone. I don't That's know how. true. <laughs> it has a button in the middle now and you can't do I'm it. I'm old fashioned. I like, I like yes. old iPhones. Nick, 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 Nickelodeon in Calgary. You can find it on... So, like, not the children's TV channel. Not the children's TV <laughs> channel, which I also was, like, clearly. So, this is a folk music place? Nickelodeon Music Club in Calgary, short for The Nick. Um, I was there last night, and... Um, do they it's like, serve like local. Beverages? Yes. Ooh. So you can go. You can buy a drink ticket. You can listen to some Canadian folk music. Oh, I, I listened see. to. I listened to Sean Caspi last night, okay, who's originally okay. from Toronto, who I actually loved a lot. And then the uh, the headliner was Brayden Gates from Edmonton. Cool. Also cute. Very quirky. He's like this really like quirky kind of he's one of those people who like I don't know if performing is their favorite thing oh right okay gotcha but they have beautiful songs and um yeah so I went and listened to folk music last night and at this nick and it's just in like a community center cool just chilling in Calgary didn't you just tell me that 
Calgary is the folk capital of Canada or something? This is what my this is what my mom's boyfriend told me. We have apparently five folk music clubs like this in Calgary. Huh. Where where like they just have seasons of local folk music that they bring to Calgary that you can listen to. It must be why we host Folk Fest. Must be. Does anywhere else host a Folk Fest? Edmonton does. Oh, obviously. Right. <laughs> but ours is better. I am obviously. not going to fight the Edmonton-Calgary fight right now. However, <laughs> I have only been to the Calgaryan Folk Fest. Oh. Um, so I'm a too little too. biased. Little me bias. too, me too. This is fair. So today... Um, We're starting a new book. Starting a new book. And to be quite frank... We did, I did not think that this, like, we we had a plan for our next book, um, or at least, like, I did. And I was, like, super excited to read um, a graphic novel, novel oh, that just yes, came out. that's right. Um, it's I called, forgot about this yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> it's called Ducks. Mm-hmm. Um, and the author's first name is Kate. I think it's Oslo or Osborne or something like that. Um, but Ducks is the name Kate of... Kate Beaton. Okay, so I was completely wrong. Um, Kate Beaton just published her graphic novel called Ducks. It's about working in the oil sands in Alberta mm-hmm. as a trans woman. Fascinating. Yeah. So I really wanted to read it. Um, so I went to like Shelf Life to pick it up. and Dangerous the- place, by the way. If Danger never, zone. If you've never been to Shelf Life, I went, small tangent, I went to pick up the book that we did end up picking, which we'll talk about shortly. And I turned around and something that was never available when I was growing up was like a very clearly teen gay fiction section. I know. And Isn't I was it like, iconic? I was like, run away, run yeah. away before all my money is gone. I know. It's the cutest little place, and there's yes. so many. Like they have a local section, which so is good. so cool. Um, and they also have like a really cool. Uh, they have lots of really really cool sections that you don't find in other bookstores. Um, but I like walked up so ready to buy ducks, and they only have they've only produced the the hardcover so far, and it's uh, like forty bucks. Yeah. Um, and not only are we trying to find like affordable ways for people to read, but we don't got that money. Yeah. So I was like, okay, we're gonna like wait a few months for the soft cover yes, book to come out. It's definitely on the list of things. To definitely read. still on our list. But while I was like perusing the amazing um, bookstore that is Shelf Life Books, I came at, came upon our book that we did choose, um, and it's a short one. Um, but it's really neat. It's really neat. It's, it's a different type of book. Yeah. So we ended up going with what you won't do for love, a conversation and the conversation and the book is written by, we use the term written loosely. Yes. Written by David Suzuki, Tara Kulis, his wife, Miriam Fernandez and Ravi Jane. Um, and it's really um takes from the theater it's theater vein of writing in the sense that it's more of I was gonna say a screenplay because they did make it into a film that you can watch they were originally meant trying to produce it as a a play play and so they ended up publishing essentially like the script yeah so the book 
the book is written like this person said this and this person said this, you know, like how we used to read Shakespeare in junior high. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it's written like that. And it's about, did you just have a flashback? I No, I just, I, I have a tangent. We'll okay. come back to Shakespeare come back later. To that. Um, it's not important. Okay. <laughs> Flag that. Though. It's like I put it in that one. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's got some really great pictures, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's just like going to be, I think, a really cool read because essentially we're sitting down and we're listening to a conversation that David Suzuki and Tara and um, and Miriam have together. Yes. Um. So David Suzuki, you know, I think if you haven't heard that name, you're Patrick Star living under a rock. <laughs> um, but David Suzuki is a Canadian uh, academic. Um, and an environmental activist. Yes. So pretty iconic person. In Canada, especially. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I just like, yeah, if you haven't heard of him, I don't know what you're doing with your life. I don't judge you, but I don't know what you're doing with your life. Yeah. Um, I'm borderline impressed, almost. How can you go this long and never hear of David Suzuki? Yeah, you, just true. I would be impressed. <laughs> um, and David Suzuki um, and Tara Collins, we think. Collins. Uh, are in love yes. and <laughs> for like 40 plus years yeah they, can you believe an absolute amazing icon of a couple um and they um and they talk about uh what what miriam discovered while she was interviewing these two for their mm-hmm. for this play or this film yeah. uh is that their love their love story is like beautiful, inspirational, and tied up in their environmental activism. And so that's what this book really centers around. Um, It it centers around the question that Miriam poses um, and posed after she set out to write this book or this this film Mm -hmm. um, because the conversations they ended up having were just like so amazing Mm. um, that she poses this question. Why can't we love our planet as much as – David and Tara love each other. Aww. How freaking cute. So cute. We should have watched the trailer before we filmed this. You know, but maybe this is the pre-episode. This is this the is pre-episode. Our, Thank you, this is our This is our, like, first thoughts on the book and the concept. Yes. We will um, post, like, links where you can watch that, yeah. um, that uh, maybe some trailers or, or the yeah. film. Um, they did produce it based in um, Toronto at... Uh, why not theater mm-hmm. so you can maybe try to find it if you google yeah. why not theater i'm looking right now if you look up the luminato festival which i believe is out of toronto toronto or vancouver um because i think david and tara are based in vancouver I think they because are. they david yes, Shizuki Lumin- used to be a professor at the university of british Columbia. right Luminato Festival Toronto. So it's in Toronto, but if you go to the luminatofestival.com slash event slash what dash you won't do for love dash what dash you dash Okay, won't well you can probably for... just search. Anyway, <laughs> if you Google it and you go to that website, um, you can see like a bunch of the trailers and a little yeah. bit more of the premise and um, like when they were putting it on because it was, like we said, it was originally meant for the stage. Which is where Ravi the fourth producer comes in yes um, so they're a theater specific person. yes so Ravi and Miriam the two other names on the front of the book both work for why not theater um and Miriam's and partner Sterla, Sterla um, is, is part of the conversation it's part of the conversation so if we look at the video just like a screenshot from the video they're all like sitting around 
a dinner table clinking glasses of wine sterla miriam david and tara so basically what we're doing basically <laughs> what we're doing we are just as cool <laughs> and important oh my gosh uh i think that comment i just made is really funny because i'm reading a book on self-compassion right now and I that on your coffee table yes. i was super gonna spy and see if i could also find it and read it oh yeah well the once i'm finished you can borrow it um but uh, they talk about how we're like, we've started raising a generation of narcissists. Fun. In a, in a oh, certain way. Is this because we ironically say self-boasting like comments as a way of like humor and then the people that we're raising are taking it seriously? No, it's because we've put an emphasis on high self-esteem. So everyone should have high self-esteem, but we don't look at the root mm. of where that self-esteem mm-hmm. comes from. Mm-hmm. So we're telling everybody that they're special and the people that are buying into the fact that they're special don't have any like reason as to why. Oh, gotcha. So they just have this sense of grandiose about themselves that when it's challenged, they become very like protective and almost like violent seems like a harsh word but almost like uh pugnacious like they'll attack back and become very negative against someone else if you like Hmm. challenge their uh ego like this ego that they have this sounds like a a social experiment like the social observations this person's making yeah 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 it's very fascinating this book is really good it's taught me to it's called self uh, compassion by Dr. Kristen Neff. If you know anybody, if you know any of the works of Brené Brown, Brené Brown references this book. We are we are steadfast Brené Brown lovers. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we've mentioned it. Oh, I'm sure a we couple have. Times I'm already. sure we have. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, it's quite interesting. It's taught me to give myself hugs and mm. um, uh, among other things. So anyway, that back, is interesting. Yes. I, I don't want to go back yet. I have okay, thoughts. Okay. <laughs> because I think we do have this like very surface area obsession with self-care right now. Ooh. That's like all about trying to turn ourselves like inwards. But the self-care is like light a candle, take a bath. Yeah. And I'm like all for baths because I freaking love baths. Yeah. Um, They soothe my muscles. They make me feel good. And I do feel like I'm treating myself to a little something, something that doesn't yeah. cost anything. Right. Because the self-care that I feel actually helps me like boost my like self of like self-confidence is like regularly getting my hair cut and like regularly taking care of my nails Mm -hmm. which seems like a privilege and I super is super is to be able to take care of my nails and I think it's like an undervalued like health thing yeah like I obsessively pick the skin around my nails Mm. and it gets to a point where I've had like major infections in Mm. my fingers because I'm like constantly like biting at right. them and so to be able to take care of them by you know buying $20 Walmart stick-ons which I'm wearing right now <laughs> um Cute. thank you um actually helped me like decrease though that risk of like right biting my nails and stuff and so undervalued however important level of self-care or like yeah. um undervalued but definitely a privilege in terms of being able to care for it because so much of the self-care that we emphasize today is like 
it like requires participation in capitalism and like a mm, lot of money mm. um it's very like neoliberal version of self-care you mm. know like are we talking about reflecting are we talking about like going to therapy or yeah. like reading books about self-compassion like yeah i don't know hmm, i've questions. i've recently like just to like jump off that tangent that you're talking about like i've recently had to like um question what my self-care is yeah because my counselor uh shout out to our therapist calling us out all the time yes, very important <laughs> um and they do it in the most gentle ways so nice uh, self-appreciate that of them <laughs> um but was like so what are you doing for self-care and i was like well these superficial things exactly and they were like is that really mm, self-care though yeah. and i was like well now i need to reevaluate what yeah. i consider self-care like is it just another like bullet point on my to-do list right am I like just putting self-care down right like literally it was so funny I walked into my house after like I forget I think it was like a I went to like a workshop or something mm. and I was reflecting on this like version of self-care and I walked into my house and I took a look at my chore board yeah so this like very ADHD like mm. chore board where yeah not gonna get into it but on the chore board is self-care and I was like, hmm, hmm. <laughs> I think that maybe I need to reevaluate that because it's not just a thing on my to-do list, yeah. you know, like it can't just be things that were like, yeah, like I'm going to like treat myself to my favorite food. Yeah. Cool. Are you going to shame yourself for three hours after that? Right. Not right. self-care, yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And there is a really fine line between what you brought up, which is like, which is like participating like in things like getting our nails done. Cause that's something at the beginning of the year, I got my nails done because we were getting family photos done right. and uh, I needed, needed is the wrong word. I wanted to get them done because mm -hmm. two of them had no polish on them. They were all different lengths. And I just remember growing up, my mame always had her nails done. Yeah. And so I made a decision. I was like, I think I'm going to get regularly get my nails done. Then it's something that like I don't have to think about. It's something that mm -hmm. feels clean. It looks professional. It makes me feel good. Um, I can have fun with it mm -hmm. so I can express mm -hmm. myself a little bit. So I schedule. Now I schedule my nail appointments in advance. Mm -hmm. And um, I have to be very careful to be like not be like – Oh, I've got my nail appointment, like, like mm -hmm. turn into, turn it into a to-do list thing mm -hmm. and actively remind myself like, no, this is self-care. You're doing this because yeah. it makes you feel better. And same thing with like washing my face in the morning and taking my makeup off at mm -hmm. night. It's something that I've had to be like, you feel better mm -hmm. when you do these things. Mm -hmm. So keep doing these things. Yeah. Opposed to like, I'm an adult. All adults should yes. take their makeup off. One of my yeah. favorite things um, is a, a saying that I got from like a local, um, like one of my, one of the people I look up to who's an activist. I'm not going to shout them out because I don't know if they'd be comfortable with that, but Ooh. um. And it's a common phrase that like certain organizations in Calgary use, but it's like, don't shit all over yourself. Mm, <laughs> get it? Because it's like, it. don't shit all over yeah. yourself, but it's like, don't shit all over yourself. Yeah. Um, I think like Hannah Hart, the YouTuber used it a couple times uh, and it's like, 
the phrase I mean and it's just like so funny I love it so much mm. but um it's a reminder that I have to that I have to remind myself of a lot in that like I'm not doing this because I should I'm doing this because I feel better about it just like just like mm-hmm. what you said or you know like I changed a lot of my eating and food like related thoughts from like I should do this I'm feeling the pressure from society to do this to like I want to feel good after that and I say that mostly in regards to my lactose intolerancy (laughs) (laughs) like I shouldn't eat lactose because it would be like super stereotypical of me as a lactose intolerant person um but also I just don't want to shit my pants five hours later um you know not to be crude about it but um when we think about like especially food and diet culture like yeah we can do things with the motivation of feeling good and doing yeah. it to like support our body and our health and not be giving in to diet culture and mm-hmm. and things like that um and 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 those are the difference between something that's actually self-care and something that's superficial right. self-care right Yes, absolutely. Um, I think what we just talked about actually will be relevant in the book that we're um, about to read because I feel like my first impressions um, looking at it is there's going to be a lot of mindfulness present in this Mm -hmm. book, which I think is sort of what we're talking about Mm -hmm. in, in regards to making conscious decisions about the choices that we make in regards to self-care. This yeah. is, there's a level of being present and being mindful and choosing things based on how you're going to feel and how they make you feel versus just doing them because so-and-so mm-hmm. on blog.tv.whatever <laughs> told you to, oh, right? Well. So yeah, I think mindfulness is going to be something that comes up in this book, which I'm really excited about. It's been something that I'm like how to participate ethically in, Mm. in environmental activism. Like I had such a hard time engaging in environmental activism because so much of it was like cancel all of these things. Like you should not be buying these brands and you should be buying like all these like whole food things, which a lot of times are just the same companies branding the same products as environmentally friendly. I put yeah. quotations around that, by yeah. the way. My, my little thingies were going. Because, <laughs> like, environmentalism has become a consumer product. Yes. And it's – and I had so many feelings about it, especially because there is a privilege in the time and energy one gives to finding ethically sourced products. Yep. And not everyone has the time and capacity to do everything in their life completely ethical. There is no ethical consumption in capitalism. Right. None. And I feel like, um, like, we're both in places financially that, uh, I, you know what, I can't speak for you, but let me speak for myself. I'm in a place myself financially that I'm not 100% comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And this, 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 um, Oh, you can speak for me there. (laughs) Being broke sucks. (laughs) Um, But there's this like belief in activism, like environmental activism anyway, which is like 
well, you're investing in the future yeah. of the planet, right? Yeah. So what that typically looks like is, and the cycle that I get into when it comes to this, this area of um, my life, when I'm trying to really be conscious about how I'm consuming, is I will go out and I will buy a shit ton of more environmentally friendly products, whether in that's- quotation. In quotations, like whether that's like reusable, totally reusable XYZ, stainless steel XYZ. Yep, 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 yep. Shit like that. And then what ends up happening for me, tell me if you relate, fellow viewers and Eddie, um, (laughs) you use it for a week and then you go back to your old habits and then all you've done is bought something that you're going to end up throwing away. Yeah. How many, how many stainless steel straws are out in the ocean instead of plastic straws? Keep in mind, they both suck. (laughs) Um, but like, you know, like so many of these movements are, are just like another version of capitalism and it's hard to really it's hard to especially as people who have low time low energy and low finances to navigate being able to do that like it took me years to finally sit down like it was literally i think a year ago maybe two where i sat down was like where are some more places in my life that i could have more ethical products so i did get rid of things like um you know like q-tips and like Mm. makeup pads and i have Mm. reusable ones now yeah um things like subscriptions to like ethical and local um products like i get my toothbrush sent to me every six months by a company i like i get toilet paper sent to me every six months from companies that i like so i don't have to especially with my adhd be an emergency situation Mm. um like sidebar my toilet paper company just canceled their shipping to canada so i was in an emergency situation Mm. however less emergency situations where i'm out of the things that i need and i just go buy the shitty plastic ones right right but that took me like i did an in i did an ecotourism degree yeah and through seven years of education like i was so stressed doing my education degree or doing my degree that i like didn't have time to actually look at my own carbon footprint. Like, yeah. what? Yeah. Um, so there is a lot of nuance to environmentalism that I'm yes. really excited to talk about and dive into mm-hmm. in as we, like, discuss this book. And I think David Suzuki is one of the people who, like, fucking get it. Yeah. And at least from what I've seen so far, um, like I just, I, I would be, I'm super excited to dive into it. And I think they're going to explore it in a really beautiful way. Yeah. That's not going to be about toxic positivity. Right. There's so much of environmentalism is like. Right. Like the white moms who are blogging at home mm. and have a bajillion dollars up their ass. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, no shame to those people. Yeah. I'm happy for you. Yeah. Um. However. <laughs> that doesn't equate to me. Yeah. Like, I don't got time and I don't yeah. got money. Um. I'm re- As we talk about doing our nails for self-care. But, hey, shout out to my local queer nail stylist and beauty stylist person that I go to very often. Um, their company is called Luxury Puff Aesthetics. Go look them up. They're freaking amazing, and I love my nails every time. I also, sometimes you can get a really cool facial. They do lots of really cool astrology 
um, astrology deals. Cool. So you can get like the the Libra special when it's September. Like cute. It's, cute. it's adorable. Um, but like, yeah. yeah. Moral of the story is no ethical consumption under capitalism. Right. Um, I'm also really excited about this book. It's always just really interesting to be able to observe someone who's been with someone else for over 40 years. Like that's going to be something that's um, really interesting. I'm in a place right now where I'm working nine hours a day, Monday through Friday. My partner is working evenings, Monday, Thursday, Friday. So the amount of time we actually can see each other is very limited during the week. And then on the weekends, um, I am learning how to balance (laughs) not scheduling myself (laughs) like a crazy person. Did that happen this weekend? No, absolutely not. This weekend was batshit crazy. But most of the time I'm learning to schedule myself to like prioritize that. Mm. So I'm very interested to um, read this book from a relationship point of view. You know, the back says um, Miriam and Sterla take in a lifetime of David and Tara's adventures, inspiration and love, and in turn reflect on their own relationships and each other and the planet. And ain't that beautiful? Ain't that the best? <laughs> yeah. Because I I think there's so much to say about like it comes down to and not in a like reductive let me code over your problems kind of way, mm. but like we live on this planet. Yeah. And there's something that like that that in and of itself is something that connects us inherently to the land that we live on mm-hmm. um i think that was a little redundant but anyway um <laughs> just in that like we have us we all have a stake in this yeah just like we all have a stake in love mm. not to be corny mm. but like love touches all of us mm-hmm. one way or another we all live on this planet and how can we take these themes or take these two things and like I just think it's beautiful that they made their like that their life values I don't know if it's like something that brought them together or if it's like the thing that but they talk about how it like is ingrained in their work right their relationship is not their work but how that those two impact each other. Yeah. Well, I think it uh, to me it makes sense, right? Like going back to our conversation about self-care, when you don't treat yourself well, and let's just look at it from like a physic physically not taking care of yourself. Like sure. not showering, not brushing your teeth, not washing your face, not putting on deodorant, not doing, doing stuff like do. doing stuff like that. When you're not taking care of yourself, that reflects in how you interact with other things in case of relationships, right? So it's going to be really interesting to see how just the tools that someone has learned in 
taking care of their relationship with Mm. someone else can Mm -hmm. reflect on something so much bigger in the Mm -hmm. case of taking care of the planet, right? Mm -hmm. I'm really excited. As our first book also taught us Mm. that we're allowed to have a relationship with the land. Right. And that that in and of itself, I guess this this is really what I was getting at, is that like we can have a relationship with the land and that can teach us so much. Mm-hmm. And like, how do we preserve that relationship like we think about preserving other relationships? Right. Yeah, totally. I'm excited for this book. I'm also excited because it's just an itty bitty wee thing. Yeah. It's like, it's not that big, folks. And Don't be scared. Keep in mind that Roe also studied theater. I did study theater, so, so there is an aspect of like reading a script that I'm pretty I'm excited about. I'm stoked for you. Um, and I think that this is like a really cool, there's really cool themes in here that we haven't, we've explored making love with the land. I yeah. guess this is kind of LOL really similar, but uh, I don't know. I think it'll be complete. I think it'll be completely different. I think it'll be completely um, different. If you like maybe just look at the titles, you might think that they're similar, mm-hmm. but um I think this is going to be totally different from what we've done so far. Yeah. And not just in how it's written, but also yeah. in the themes or in the, in like what it's about. And yeah. I'm, I'm super stoked. And it is, I think, going to be like a pretty cool at the coffee table at your coffee shop read. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm super excited about this one. Um, let the record show. I did finish the other book. <laughs> Y'all doubted me. (laughs) Y'all being my father and my partner. (laughs) But I did it. I finished the book. So if you were intimidated by the size of last book, do not fear. This book is nice and consumable for you. Yeah. Um, And, you know, shout out to Shelf Life for having it pop out at me and, and it being something that came into our serendipitously mm-hmm. maybe came into our into our little podcast uh, collection um if yeah. you have other recommendations please do hit us hit us up yep um we do lots of shout outs on our social media and yes. lots of shout outs on um our podcasts in general well, yeah i guess true um if you're looking for those shout outs you can usually check either the um the summary of the episodes on uh the platforms that you listen to them on yeah um or you just like hit us up on instagram yeah um because we can we can always reply and send you over to to the places that we were talking about but if you're in calgary um beware if you step into shelf life you You are not you are not stepping out without a thing yes this is um, very true. But you feel so good buying it there. Like, I felt so good. Supp- you're like, truly supporting truly. local. Truly. And, you know, they did some really cool stuff during COVID. They were doing a lot of, like, curb pickups, which I know a lot of places were doing. They were also, like, like I cannot believe for this place. Like, they were doing deliveries. Like, mm-hmm. they're just so wholesome. And if I could live there, I would. Yep. My mom did a lot of her Christmas shopping at Shelf Life, mm-hmm. I think, getting books. And I just think they're, like, super organized. Like, the yeah. way you can bu- order them online and then just pick them up. And yeah. they're really the fast and easy. People there also always have amazing recommendations. Love it. Yeah. Speaking of recommendations. I'm ready. Okay. 
I'm excited about this. So the last couple episodes, we've been talking about how Roisin has trouble reading for fun. Mm-hmm. Well, last weekend, I finished a book in three days. Whoa. That was... Shout it out. So good. I felt so good about it because um, I haven't done that in like forever, forever in a day. And um, it felt so good to just be like, I'm just going to read. I'm just going to sit here and read under my blanket and get lost in something. Yay. And it was a book. Eddie's going to laugh at me. But it was a <clears throat> book book recommended by one of my favorite music artists, RM from BTS. LOL. LOL. Classic Roisin. <laughs> Classic. But it's actually a really – so it's originally from South Korea, which is why we won't read it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. But it's originally from South Korea, translated into English called I Want to Die, but I also want Topoki. I You saw it when you went to Shelf Life. I did see it when I went to Shelf Life. I did buy it when I was there. Um, and it's so nice to read. Speaking of, shout out to our therapist from earlier. <laughs> it is so nice to read someone else's experience with therapy that isn't, I went to therapy, I had a couple of sessions, and I better. Yeah. I feel like that is the prevailing... Totally prevailing um message when it comes to like mental health and like just speak up if you talk about it everything will be fine and i'm like that's bullshit (laughs) (laughs) bullshit so yeah it was so nice to read something where the protagonist of the story was like yeah i kind of felt good this week and then later in the week i felt like shit i still feel like shit i'm still dealing with this Mm -hmm. and i'm in the middle of my mental health journey and we're like still weighing through a whole bunch of stuff and it felt good to have Mm -hmm. to hear like a therapist reiterating things that they had already mentioned before because guess what your therapist will give you advice and you may agree with it but that doesn't mean you put it in place right away totally because changing your mental habits are fucking hard and healing isn't linear. No. Um, also, shout out to Roisin for making sure we drink water while we're all <laughs> drink, while we're doing this podcast and not just blinding coffee. <laughs> yes. I've drunk a lot this weekend. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, not, I not, thought you meant water. No. I totally forgot that we were. Yeah. No, sorry. definitely not um, water. Um, <laughs> so my father and I have gotten into this wonderful tradition of... Uh, going to an Irish pub after Classic. work on Fridays, <laughs> uh, which is dangerous because then I drink gin and tonics and um, many of them. And so, <laughs> so on Friday, we went out to the Irish pub. I had a handful of gin and tonics. And then yesterday was my brother's girlfriend's birthday celebration. So we went to a different sports bar, (laughs) proceeded to have more gin and tonics. Um, Just know that you are my grandmother. I know. I know. (laughs) This is very important. Listen, this is very important. I love my gin and tonic. I love knitting. I love taking my makeup off with Pond's cold cream. (laughs) It's just what it is. Um, this weekend's been insane. Uh, and so we're the, drinking water. So we're drinking water with our wine, just because. <laughs> One day, Lord help us. our beverage for the podcast is gonna be 
water. Just water. <laughs> it's going to be hungover podcast. <laughs> yeah. Actually, we did the drinking yesterday. Yesterday. And today, we will be hydrated. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, speaking of, um, so we talked about like a couple who I'm also excited to read this book. Um, look at a couple who's been together for 40 plus years because um, my five-year wedding anniversary is coming up. Holy Kamoli. I know. And uh, that feels very momentous. Yeah. And so I've been doing like a lot of like, it's a broad relationship reflecting up in my mind sure, for, for sure. sure. So yeah, that's. I don't know if we've told the wedding shenanigans story on this podcast, um, but let me tell you. Um, if my- you don't know, if you don't know, <laughs> if you don't know, just for some context, Eddie and I have known each other since high school. We've Eddie said that before, haven't we? I, I think like the first ever to episode. To reiterate. To reiterate. Eddie and I have known each other since high school. Eddie and I, Eddie is probably the only person who's known me longer than my, <laughs> my partner. That's true. Um, one of the only people who have known me longer than my partner. So naturally, Eddie was part of my wedding party. It was very Continue. important that, and it, it was like a long time coming. Yes. Like we knew this was a thing that was happening yes. for so long. Yes. And at every stage of the wedding planning, my mother got in the way. And it was like mm-hmm. not even intentional. It was just that like random instances, my mother was like, oh, we're doing this thing that is non-refundable or we're doing this thing and you have to come. Yeah. Or I'm, I'm getting, getting married, married. <laughs> the next day. <laughs> After Roisin's wedding. I cannot, I cannot even believe that happened. Oh but my God. I, <laughs> I was, uh, I, I was a person of honor in like two weddings, literally back to back. And it was fucking yeah, nuts. Um, but it was so funny. And, um, to this day, I cannot let my mother live it down. No. Um, but, uh, yeah. Hilarious that this is the anniversary is the fifth year yeah. going because that's nuts. Yep. Man, we are actual adults. Yep. It feels very like <laughs> it feels very um surreal because mm-hmm. I feel like my whole time in Japan feels like I should be able to we just, just like, like skip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like my time in Japan was like was like if if my if my life journey was on a piece of construction paper, just crumple it up, like throw it away. Not crumple it up and throw it away, but like take it out and glue it onto a yeah, different it's piece been of paper. Scrapbooked into another book. Yes, it's completely separate. But no, like time continued on yeah. while we were there, and so it like that three years, which is a significant amount of time. Totally, but yeah, this book is going to be, I think, something really interesting mm-hmm. in that it. We're going to probably have so much to say, yeah. A, and B, like... Shocking. <laughs> shocking. That's fair. Um, but yeah, like, it's going to be really interesting to reflect on um, the relationship aspect of yeah. this book, and I think that's going to be really fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let us know what um, what your first impressions of this book yeah. are. I think... I love that we do like first impressions. Yeah. Um, as part of our reading because Okay. It's important. I have a criticism of this book. What? The edges are very smooth. And I was beginning to enjoy the uneven edge aesthetic oh, of our previous books. That's true. That's fair. That's fair. We've broken a pattern. We've broken um, a pattern. But it's just so compact. It is so compact. I do love that about it. I think it's more like, you know, like it looks like a little zine. 
Mm. I'm obsessed with zines, by the way. <laughs> uh, I didn't even know that term existed until I was in Japan with uh, um, my coworker who writes graphic novels, like is a cartoonist. Cute. So she would make mm -hmm. zines for like class and cool. stuff. They're so fun. It's so sweet. It has that vibe though. Like, yeah, it does. It does. So this cool. is, do you know, when I go to Arizona, I can bring this with me and actually finish it. You know what? <laughs> That's true. Um, how many times have you brought seriously. multiple books on a vacation and never have opened them? And, and like, not even open one. Not even, like. So funny. Not even taken it out of your backpack. Like, literally. <laughs> and to be fair, that is one of the reasons I'm really loving audiobooks is because mm. it comes everywhere with you because it's on your phone anyway. Very true, very true. Um, but, yeah. And, and. Similarly to Ro, like I get through audiobooks so quickly. Mm. Like I got through so many, like I got through like three series that had like five books over Christmas. Like it was Amazing. so fast. They were all like peak fantasy. Right. Um, and I was definitely using them for escapism. But that's <laughs> fine. That's um, fine. We need that every once in a while. <laughs> but yeah, I think that, I think that this is totally different. Oh my gosh. Speaking of high peak fantasy, someone recommended a series to me, which I'm interested in reading, which brings up this point because I told them I was going to bring this up on the podcast. My friend matched with Eddie on Tinder. Oh my God. Why are we bringing this? Because it's amazing. <laughs> you ever meet like two people <laughs> and like right now in my life, I have like you, I have our mutual friend mm -hmm. that we're in that Instagram group chat with. Yeah. And then I have this friend from band mm -hmm. and I hang out with all of you separately. <laughs> and a part of me is like, I want to get these group of people together because I feel like it would be such a like. And then Eddie matches with them on Tinder. And then Eddie matches with them on Tinder. <laughs> and my favorite part was the message they sent me was, is this your Eddie? Like. <laughs> I was like, yes, yes, I am Roshin's Eddie. <laughs> Happy to be qualified as such. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. Because I literally was going to bring you to their Bolesque show at one point oh earlier. God. I just think Die. it would be amazing. That's so so I was just like over the moon. It was so funny. So Roshin there you go. Shout out. Self proclaimed matchmaker. <sighs> No, I'm not. I refuse. Do you know why? Because I was a self-proclaimed matchmaker in high school. And no. Bad. <laughs> bad. Very bad. Oh, so I said we were going to bring up. Sorry, I want to bring up one more tangent that we, we're going to put a pin on. We I talked was about just going to say if we end this without talking about that. Okay. okay. Tell me about Shakespeare. So going to Phoenix. Going to Phoenix. Uh, going to Phoenix wearing Canadian themed nails because she's cheering on cheering for a, some sort of canadian baseball team situation. canada I don't team know. canada it's the hashtag, world. Sports. Okay. hashtag sports <laughs> hashtag sports um it's the world baseball classic uh in phoenix arizona mm -hmm. right now or and it's like it's like the olympics so it's only around every four years oh my god and you're a nerd yes and um Baseball teams from around the world come to compete. So mm -hmm. there's like a team from Japan and a team from South Korea and a team from Colombia and a team from Mexico mm -hmm. and America and Canada. And Canada happens to be playing in Phoenix. And tickets are like 20 bucks if you don't care where you sit. That's fair. And so we're going to watch the 
Canada pool mm-hmm. and all the games are at noon except the Canada versus America one, which is at seven o'clock, which is also the only one we think anyone's really going to care about watching. That's fair. The other ones are like, Great Britain! <laughs> are you going to go to all of them? Yeah, we're going to oh go to four. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go to four. That's intense. It's going to be great. But they're all at noon. We've also decided, speaking of it, we've also decided that we're going to have the food of the country that we play. Oh, against. that's fun. So we're going to have a like, fun tradition. I like that. So we're going to have twist. like, there's like a British pasty Fun. shop like close to our hotel mm-hmm. so when we play great britain we're gonna have british pasties so funny. we're gonna play colombia and mexico so we'll have like colombian food and mexican food and then america which we'll just get a burger i guess but america's boring <laughs> um, but all these things are at noon and my partner is coming with us because he likes they like hanging out with my dad and i sure but th- them and sports sports are not their favorite thing so my dad and I are genuinely concerned that my partner is going to get very bored at some point during this trip. They will. Yes. <laughs> so we were like, what can we do in Arizona that would be fun, that's close to the hotel? Because mm-hmm. we're going to have a lot of evenings that are going to be free. Mm-hmm. They have a theater company. Oh, my God. In Phoenix, Arizona. That There's five of them around. Of enjoy. There's five of them in the States. One of them happens to be in Phoenix, Arizona, called Drunk Shakespeare. Oh, here we go. The premise is... Very funny. Five actors... Oh, no. <laughs> ...come together to perform Shakespeare. One of the actors takes five shots of whiskey. Oh, my good Lord in heaven. And then they proceed to do Shakespeare. And it's Jesus. just like rain in the chaos and keep the show on track. And that's funny. I am so excited. Maybe we should bring we should we should connect two and we should have a drunk Shakespeare in the park. We should propose it. We should propose it. Um <laughs> hey Shakespeare in the park, you should do one drunk. <laughs> um But it's theater Calgary, they're snooty. Oh yeah. Okay, well, that's fair. Um Anyway, we have done many a tangents mm-hmm. on this episode. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna leave you with our our first impressions of yes. this book. Um, let us know what yours are, and we'll let you know if it's at all accurate. Yeah, <laughs> in our next two episodes. Absolutely. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. If you ever want to reach us, you can email us at booksoverbeverages at gmail.com. You also should follow us on Instagram. That's where we do most of our updates and such. Such. You can also get a book shipped to you every time we have a new book if you become our top tier Patreon. Yeah, and it's like 20 bucks. So like... There's way shittier subscriptions out there for way more money. So oh, just saying. Um, so to our patron who's waiting for their book, we, we've we bought it. Our I, single patron. Our single patron. <laughs> Listen, we appreciate you very, very much. That's we true. actually have two patrons. Oh, one of them's your dad. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> you're not wrong. Shout out to Louie. Yeah, that's right, dad. <laughs> um, Yes, so you can get a book mailed to you. Uh, I should peer pressure my parents to become top tier parents. <laughs> <laughs> That's the funniest thing. My dad, was, my dad, he was like, so here's the thing. I don't want you to get me a book. So I'm just <laughs> going to pay the top tier price <laughs> at the second tier because I want the book. He- not all heroes wear capes. Not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> Alrighty. Throwing that out there. Thank you for joining us, everybody. And we will see you next time. Cheers. Ciao. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to Books Over Bevies. You can find us on Instagram, Patreon, and Twitter at Books Over Bevies, and you can always email us at booksoverbeverages at gmail.com. We hope you come again.